Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is on here. And I want to welcome you, welcome you, welcome you to our Thursday night Bible study. <laughs> I'm so excited about what God is doing. He is doing a great work and he is greatly to be praised. Uh, I bring you greetings from on high from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, this is Prophetess Dawn, and I am the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer. And I am honored to be here tonight with my baby girl, Mariana, as we are going to journey uh, into our review of the Chronological Bible over the next year. And I am so grateful that God has brought her with us today uh, to start this journey. <coughs> we started last week. We did a summary overview of the Bible. And I encourage you all, if you have not taken the time to listen to that last recording, go back and listen and learn with us. As I admonished everyone last time, if God gives you the unction and you're feeling bold and you want to join us or you want to teach or you want to lead one of the sessions, we have a very defined um, uh, study that we're doing. You can study the lesson for the week and come in and we learn together. Well, we're going to pray and I'm going to have my baby pray us in and then we will jump right into study. All right. Love you all. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us with this time tonight to enter Bible study. Please just clear our minds and allow us to hear you, Lord. Please guide us through this and allow us to gain complete understanding. Thank you for blessing us um, with such good guidance. And thank you for this word that you will deliver to us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Without further delay. We're going to get right to it. All right, all right. Well, praise the Lord. We're going to just get started tonight. And I just want to just um, go over a few things as we talked about on last week. We are attempting to be obedient to the will of God as we lay the foundation uh, for this church at Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer. We want to do this thing right. And so I believe that God has commissioned us to journey into a study of the Bible. Uh, we got to know the word. As I stated before, biblical literacy is low <laughs> in the church. And I believe God wants us to know his word. Uh, so that is why we are uh, attempting to walk in obedience. I shared before, I am not a theologian. I do not consider myself to be a scholar. I do have an undergraduate degree uh, in theology, but that's as far as it goes. So I am looking to learn myself. And as we learn, each one teach one. <laughs> so what we learn, we want to go and, and we want to take it out to others. So on uh, Thursday nights, we will have Bible study and we will be reviewing the Bible in a chronological uh, fashion. Each week, we will have specific 
uh, uh, topics that we will study. And I do have a guide uh, that we're using for the study. And I'll share that with you all in a, in a moment in case you want to go out and get it. Uh, and on Saturdays, we're going to be uh, going through the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians. I believe God wants us to lay the foundation in the church by learning what the early day saints uh, were instructed. Uh, so we're going to start in the book of Galatians on Saturdays. On Tuesday nights, every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. sharp, we will have prayer. And I'm telling you, God has been meeting us here. He has been doing things and miracles, signs and wonders have been following us. So I encourage you to uh, reach out if you want to participate. Right now, we are doing it virtually, uh, but we invite those who are in need of prayer, who want to pray, who have heard the clarion call to come and help to intercede on behalf of the ministry and the family. Uh, come on, come on. We need your prayers. We need to conjoin our faith together. So did I cover everything? I said Tuesday night prayer, Thursday night, 7 p.m., Bible study, uh, Saturdays, time TBD, <laughs> to be determined. Uh, we will have uh, praise and worship service, and uh, I will do a series on Galatians, as I believe God is having us lay the foundation. I'm so excited about God. I'm excited about what he's doing. I'm excited about what he's already done. And I'm excited about what is to come as it relates to the ministry and our call in this season and in this region. All right. So I just want to encourage you to do a few things as we, well, let me stop. Let me pause before we move on. I just want to pray uh, just real quick that God will, will, will come and, and enter in. Father God, we just thank and praise you. We honor you today for this opportunity to approach your throne, Lord God, and, and to study your word, Lord Jesus. We just need you to endow us, Lord God. Father God, rain down on us today, Lord God. Father God, let us grasp what you desire for us to learn, Lord God, as we attempt to journey into what you have called us to do. Father, send the help that we need, send the resources that we need, send the knowledge and the wisdom that we need, Lord God, and help us to draw closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, so, so a few things I want to admonish you to, to do. As we go through this study, you're going to need a notebook because we will be taking notes. And I want to encourage you to set aside some time between uh, when we meet every week, maybe an hour, an hour and a half uh, of time. And you can break that out 30 minutes at a time. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that you break it out any less uh, time than that. But 30 minutes... Uh, you know, uh, uh, per time that you sit and you reflect on the notes that you've taken, read the uh, Bible uh, verses that we are assigned and get into the word. Silence yourself, hear from God so that when we come together, uh, we, you know, we, we can get the, best, the most out of, out of what God is doing, okay? So I would admonish you to get you a 
pen or pencil, something to a writing utensil, uh, a notebook, notepad. And some of you are technically savvy, so if you got a um, iPad or one of those devices that you can take your notes on, feel free to do that. We're going to record these every week so you can go back and you can listen and, uh, you know, gain the knowledge. So I would just admonish you, get something that you can take notes on, okay? So, so that's one thing. The other thing is I am using materials from uh, CBT uh, for our study, and that is the Chronological Bible Teaching Institute. Uh, that I am uh, that I am coming from with the training, and we are using their uh, student guide, so their discipleship chronological study uh, for um, fifty-two weeks. So it's a fifty-two week study. Again, it is through CBT, which is the Chronological Bible Teaching Institute, and they have a um, discipleship. 52-week study, and that is what we're coming from. I would encourage you, uh, if you want to follow along, to get the book. Uh, But what I'm going to do uh, is for the assignments that they have, I'm going to take, you know, some, some copies of those, and I will post them in a place where everybody can have access to them uh, so that you can study. So I want to encourage you to get the materials, but if you cannot afford them, uh, don't worry. We will have copies of everything that you need, okay? Um, So the other thing is get you a good chronological Bible. Get you a good chronological Bible. Now, for me and those who are not necessarily millennials, Um, you know, by age, we feel like we millennials in spirit, but not by age. Uh, for those of you who are like me, I'm, uh, who are like the millennials, you may have an electronic device that you want to use. Just get you a good app that has the chronological Bible, uh, a study Bible, so that you can get the context uh, and what you're reading through. And I would encourage you to do that. Uh, as soon as possible, because starting next week, we're going to jump into uh, the actual study. This week, today, I'm going to just go through each of the um, each of the cha- uh, each of the books of the Bible and just give you an overview. Okay, I'm going to give you an overview today of each of the books. But I encourage you, if you can, by next week, get you a good app, do a Google search, get your app of the chronological Bible so that you can read it in your own time and you can follow along with us. Um, And then finally, there are daily devotionals, daily devotionals that are, uh, that accompany uh, this study. And so what I plan to do is each morning, uh, I get up for prayer at 7 a.m. I wake up in the morning at (laughs) 5, but I get up for prayer at 7 a.m. and I will go through uh, those devotionals so that you will have access to that uh, on a daily basis. And I think tomorrow I'll I'll start that. I'll I'll start that uh, and and we can can just follow along, okay? 
All right, so what did I say? Get you a good writing utensil. Get your notebook. Get something to write on, some way to take notes. Find some time through the week, a designated amount of time that you spend at no less than an hour, you know, maybe about an hour and a half a week to study the materials because we need to get this. It ain't just about coming on Thursdays and we just talk over stuff. We got to get this thing because I believe, especially with everything going on in the world, that it is the word, the word of God that will uh, save us. It's the knowledge of the word of God. The word says that the people perish because of their lack of knowledge. We don't know. A lot of things we just don't know. I've been listening to this book on the uh, providence of God, his provision, the provisions that he make for us, you know, and he's shown that throughout the scriptures. But if you don't know, <laughs> you don't know how to call on him and you don't know what you don't know. All right. So anyway, I'm, I'm going to get off my soapbox, but uh, just wanted to share that. And, and I expect that you all will will act accordingly. Uh, before I get into this study, let me just tell you, give you an overview of how these, uh, this study is going to go. So I just got my materials today. So I haven't had an opportunity to, to really jump in and, and read through it. But I just want to um, go through and tell you all what we're going to study each week. All right. So each week uh, we'll, we'll have a study and we'll have a, a area that we'll um, review. And so we'll start out with the chronological Bible storytelling track. So that's week one. So we're going to have the Bible as foundation. It's going to be our first week's topic. So we'll, we'll go through that. And then we'll go into era one. Era one. Remember, we talked about the 14 eras last week. And if you don't remember what those eras are, just go back and listen to the recordings. Uh, you'll get that information there. So we're going to go into era one, which is the creation, the fall, and the consequence, consequences. I'm not going to do this tonight with my tongue. I can't. Is era one, week one or Huh? Air one is week one. Two. It's, it's going to be week two. Okay. Week one, the first category that we're going to be studying is the chronological Bible story, uh, story and tract. So that's going to be week one, and that's going to be the Bible as foundation. And then after that, we're going to go into era one, which is the creation, the fall, and its consequences, the foundation of identity. And that'll take us through week two through week six. And so we'll first, uh, week two, we'll do creation. Week three, we'll do the fall. Week four, Cain and Abel. Week five, Noah. Week six, Job. And then we'll jump to the second era, which is the patriarchs a special family, and that'll take us through week 7 through 15. And we'll talk about the beginning of Abraham's journey. Lot's loss, uh, loses himself in week 8. Week 9, Abraham shaping promises. 
Week 10, we'll talk about Isaac learns uh, to walk by faith. Week 11 will be Jacob defined, uh, defined by relationships or relationship. Week 12, we're going to talk about Leah, the unloved. 13, Joseph, a man of purity. 14, Joseph, promise-shaped perspective. 15, we're going to talk about Jacob, back from the dead. And then we'll jump into era three. Exodus, the shaping of a people. That'll take us through week 16 through 22. And I'm going to say this again. If y'all feel ambitious, <laughs> I don't mind teaching it. Because the Bible is very clear. Every church needs a teacher. Every church needs a teacher. As, as much as we need a pastor, an evangelist, you know, any of those gifts, a prophet, we need a teacher. So I don't mind teaching it. But anyway, okay, era three it will take us through 16, 16 through 22. We're going to talk about Moses. Uh, in the first 40 years, and then Moses in the second 40 years, uh, 16 and 17. Week 18, we'll talk about the Passover. Week 19, uh, bread and games. Week 20, we're going to talk about tabernacling. And then 21, people of atonement. Week 22, is going to be about Reminders in the midst of rebellion. Week four, uh, I'm sorry, week 22. So then next we'll jump into era four, the conquest, the shaping of a nation. We're going to go into week 23, talking about a woman of the ear and a man of the eye. Era five, and we're going to uh, jump into era five, judges, loss of identity. And that'll get us through 24 through 28. And we'll talk about Gideon, uh, mighty man of war, war. We'll talk about Samson selling himself cheaply. Uh, week 26 will be about the Levites, concubines. 27 will be about Ruth, rewriting identity. 28 will be a tale of two identities. And then we'll jump into era six. Remember, there are 14 eras. 14 eras. We're going to talk about the kingdom, a king we can see. So that'll take us through 29 through 32 weeks. And so the first week, 29, we'll talk about Saul. Then, then week 30, we're going to talk about David's route to the throne. Week 31, David as king. And then week 32, we're going to jump into Solomon. Um, then we'll go to era seven, the divided kingdom, the breakdown of a nation. And uh, that'll take us through weeks 33 and, and uh, 34. And we'll talk about Jeroboam uh, creates a new nation. And then Josiah, the discovery of the book. Uh, we'll jump into era eight to talk about the exile. Does land make or break identity? That'll get us through 35 through 37. I'm telling you, we get, we getting there, right? <laughs> That'll take us through Daniel's beginning. Uh, Hananiah, 
Mishael uh, and Azariah, Azariah, Azariah. Um, and then week 37, we'll talk about Daniel's ending. And era nine, we'll talk about the return, reclaiming identity. And week 38, we'll talk about Nehemiah's revival. Era 10, we'll talk about the silence and preparation of the Messiah. Uh, and then we'll jump into week, uh, I'm sorry, era 11, the Gospels. Oh, we done, we done made it through. <laughs> so we'll talk about the first true man in week 39 through 30, uh, 46. We're going to talk about the Gospels. We'll talk about the, Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. Uh, are you ready? Are you really the Son of God? Uh, 40, choosing the disciples. 41, Nicodemus versus the Samaritan woman. 42, the legions of true freedom. Uh, we'll talk about the rich young ruler and the children come from Jesus Christ. Washing of Jesus' feet, 45. We'll talk about washing the disciples' feet. And then in week uh, 48, we're going to talk the resurrection. By the time we get to week uh, 47, we'll be in era 12. And we're going to talk about the church, the church restored community. And so week 47, it'll be the birth of a church in his name. Week 48, Stephen, identity uh, trumps fear. Then we'll jump to era 14, missions, the new citizenship. And week 49, Paul's conversion. Week 50, identity and freedom. Era uh, 14, new heavens and new earth. Identity fulfilled. We'll, we'll jump into week 51, um, identity fulfilled. And week 52, back to the garden. Come on now. This is going to be exciting. We're going to... We're going to end where we started. We're going to start in the garden. We're going to end in the garden. And I'm so excited about this. I can't wait. Again, this is new material uh, that I will be studying each week. And I will bring it to you as God gives it to me. And as we continue along the way uh, with the study. It's just... All right, so let's talk about the overview of the Bible. And so the Old Testament, again, we talked about this last week, but I wanted to do just a deeper dive into, um, into the Word, just so you have a clear, clear understanding. And the reason that it's important that we go through this journey together is because having a firm foundation is so, so important. Even as we started our study tonight, I was a little bit distracted by uh, um, a notification that came through my phone and it said something about nuclear warheads or something like that uh, with what's going on in uh, uh, the Ukraine now. As a matter of fact, it said fears of nuclear disaster greater in, uh, I don't know how you pronounce this. Y'all know I ain't good with some word happening right now in Ukraine. And Chernobyl, Chernobyl, C-H-E-R-N-O-B-Y-L. Um, so 
we are we are in some very I'm not going to say perilous times because in the United States we haven't suffered uh, some of these things. Um, you know, we haven't we haven't been challenged with some of the things that others and other nations have been challenged with. But it is coming. It is coming. And we got to be prepared. And when I tell you having a firm foundation in your faith is going to be so needed. So we got to stay uh, in the word. We got to get in the word and we got to get a firm foundation. Okay. All right. So. So I'm going to go over some things. Like I said, we talked about it last week. Go back, listen to the podcast, but we're going to have a deeper dive this week. And we won't take up too much time. We're going to try to get out of here in an hour. Uh, We'll try to keep our studies to an hour, okay? And Mary, don't let me forget. uh, When we we get done, I want to go back and tell you all what scriptures uh, we want to study for for next week when Mm -hmm. we come back, okay? All right, so the Old Testament, uh, as we know, is divided into five sections, five sections. The first section is the Pentateuch, and that is spelled P-E-N-T-A-T-E-U-C-H, Pentateuch. And that combines the books, or that's um, a collection of books, from Genesis to Deuteronomy, right? So the Pentateuch is a collection of books from Genesis to Deuteronomy. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, okay? And then you have the historical books. And so those are the books between uh, Joshua and Esther, So you've got the historical books that goes from uh, Joshua to Judges to Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings. My favorite scriptures between 1 Kings to 2 Kings. I'm telling you, y'all want some drama, get in there. Uh, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. Then we have the poetic books. And so that's from Job through uh, the Song of Solomon. So you've got Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Solomon. Again, I still say Solomon was a little mentally disturbed during that time. Because if you really think about it, Ecclesiastes and the Song of Solomon, he was mad, he was depressed, then he had him some women, he had some problems like his daddy. All right, then we've got the major prophets, and that'll take you from Isaiah to Daniel. All right, so Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel. And this order is not the chronological order, it's just the breakdown of these books. All right, and then you have the major prophets, and so that's Hosea through uh, Malachi. So you've got Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, and Micah. Did I say uh, Micah? And then you got uh, Nahum, Habakkuk, um, uh, Zephaniah, Haggai. Zechariah and Malachi. 
And so the Old Testament, again, we learned was written between 400 BC to approximately 400, I'm sorry, 1400 BC to 400 BC. And the New Testament was written primarily, again, we learned this in Hebrew, and a few of the sections were written in Aramaic. The Old Testament primarily deals with the relationship between God and the nation of Israel. The Pentateuch deals with the creation of Israel and God establishing a covenant relationship with Israel. The historical books record Israel's history, its victories, its successes, along with uh, uh, its defeats and failures. The poetic books give us an intimate look into God's relationship with Israel and his passion for Israel to worship and obey him. The prophetic books are God's call to uh, Israel to repent from idolatry and unfaithfulness and return to a relationship of obedience and spiritual fidelity. So those are, that's the Old Testament. And so let's go into each of the books. Let's go into each of the books. All right. Again, this is not in chronological order. It is in the order of how the books are broken out. And I want you to uh, take note of these things. But as I stated, we'll, next week we'll start really reading into it. But I just want you to get a good summary of each of these books. So Genesis, Genesis is the book of origins or beginnings, okay? It's a record of creation. It's where the universe, earth, and man uh, is spoken about, the creation of the universe, the creation of the earth, the creation of man. It tells us about humanity's fall from grace. We'll also find the story of Noah's flood and the Tower of Babel. The second part relates to the story of God's plan to redeem both man and the world, beginning with the covenant that he has with Abraham. The rest of Genesis relates to the lives of the patriarchs, who are Abraham, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, ending with the people of God living in Egypt. So that's Genesis from a very, very high level, but we're going to do some deeper dives in the upcoming weeks. In Exodus, Exodus, I I don't know, Mary, you probably was too young, but we used to have a song uh, back in the day. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to bring that up so we can learn the books of the Bible. And it was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First Samuel. I can't do the do the rhythm, <laughs> but once I get it in my head, but it was like that was how I learned. Even as I was learning when y'all were young kids and and Bible study and stuff like that, that's how I was learning the books of the Bible. But anyway, we need to get that rhythm again so we know. Mm-hmm. So Exodus, Exodus. Um, there was a new Pharaoh who enslaved, who enslaved the people of God. Uh, and the people of God cried out for deliverance. God raises up Moses in Exodus through 
whom he delivers his people from Pharaoh through a series of plagues. So we learn about plagues. I can't wait to, to get to that with all of these plagues going on in, in the world. Plagues, 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 whatever. All right. Uh, God then guides his people to Mount Sinai, uh, where he gives them a set of laws, a constitution by which he expected them to live by. And the people of God became the nation of God in Exodus. They became more than just a people. They became a nation. And the Ten Commandments are part of the law and represent the law's essence today, even today, right? We don't live by the letter of the law, but the essence of the letter of the law is a reflection for all Christians by which we are governed by, right? God orders the building of his tabernacle so that he can dwell amongst his people. So we're going to learn that in Exodus. Leviticus, um, Leviticus, God gives laws to his people governing their sacrifices and festivals. In addition, God gives a set of purity laws to his people, including dietary restrictions to keep them holy. These things are very important to know because when, um, if you ever heard of an apologetic, an apologetic is someone who um, defends the integrity or the validity of the word of God. And sometimes we become little apologetics when we go out into the world and we try to share our faith with people because people are so contrary. But it's important as we go through the Old Testament scriptures that we understand the intention of God and we understand that while certain things are documented in the Bible, if we read it in context, we'll know some things were instructions from God that are relevant to us today. Some things are instructions that he had to give to them back then. Other things were just a, a um, depiction of, of what they were going through. Okay, but we'll, trust me, we're going to talk it. Uh, numbers, numbers. Uh, Israel lacks a lack of faith and entering the promised land. So we'll we'll talk about that, how they lacked the faith to enter into the promised land. And then God punishes Israel by making them wander in the desert for 40 years until all of the adult generation that came out of Egypt had died. Ain't that something? All of the adult generation that came out of Egypt died. The book of Numbers takes its name from the census that is conducted at the beginning of the book to count the number of men in order to determine the size of God's army that would have conquered the promised land. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy actually means the second law, the second law. And basically it's a recounting of the laws that God previously gave to his people at Mount Sinai. The reason the laws are repeated is because the adult generation that came out of Egypt had passed away and the new generation must renew their covenant with God. Now, isn't that something that God gave us the law? um, And then when that generation had died off, he gave us the law again through that next generation. Sometimes I look at how far our generation is detached 
from the reality that the generation before us had with God, the relationship that they had with God, the intimacy that they had with God, and then looking forward to some of the younger generations, it's like, do they even know him? You know, but if God was faithful back then to wipe out the whole generation, you ever heard people say your mama, your daddy, your whole generation, he wiped out the whole generation. And yet he was faithful enough to give them the law to help sustain them. All right. So now we're going to talk about the historical books. We just finished talking about uh, the books of the law, the Pentateuch, um, those five books. And then now we're going to talk about the historical books. So starting with Joshua. So after Israel's renewal of the covenant in Deuteronomy at the foot of the promised land, the book of Joshua narrates the conquest of the land and division of the land amongst the 12 tribes of Israel. So we're going to get into that. Um, Judges. Judges. um, It's after Joshua's death. So the people of God began a cycle of sin, which included idolatry, judgment of God by invading by an invading army. So he used it and used an invading army uh, as judgment against the people and the people's repentance to clamor for deliverance, raising the raising of a judge and the peace of God's people. The cycle repeats itself 12 times in the book of Judges. Sometimes when I think about the children of Israel, I get on my high horse and I'll be like, they were so hard-headed. Like how many times do it take you to get it? But if we think about how merciful God is and how his grace works, he's the same way with us that he was with them. The difference is, We ain't got no armies coming and invading our territory, killing our people, taking our land. We just have to deal with little stuff like he just smack us up when we (laughs) disobedient just to get us back in line, you know. And certain things happen in our life. We be like, oh, God, why do you do this? But the cycle continues to repeat itself and we just don't get it out of our system. But anyway, I'm I'm looking forward to getting into the book of Judges. Ruth is the next book. Uh... Occurring during the time of Judges, this book tells the story of a foreigner called Ruth who became part of God's people through through marriage. (laughs) Told you something going on with my tongue today. You know what I think it is? What? One, I put that icy hot on my leg. Mm. And good in my mouth. But I think I need some candy. I might need some sugar. All right. (laughs) Yeah, that did it. (laughs) <laughs> all right so the next two books you said tell the story of god's people through um through me well i said the book of root is that what you're saying mm-hmm. the book of root i was saying that it occurred during the time of judges so it was during the time of judges and i said it tells the story of a foreigner named Ruth. So Ruth is the main character of the book and she becomes a part of God's family through marriage. Oh. All right. The next book or the next two books, that was not wise for me to eat that candy. 
because now I'm smacking and I don't cover across on on the recording but I'm telling you listen to these recordings it's gonna be good all right so first and second Samuel these two books narrate the um, establishment of the ministry of the prophet Samuel who anoints Saul as the first king in Israel and it uh, is witness to the rise of the United Kingdom in Israel. And these two books trace Saul's demise and David's ascension into kingship. Drama, drama. And then First and Second Kings, this is the book that narrates Solomon's kingship, a divided kingdom of Israel and Judah, and God's judgment of his disobedient people into exile. And then we'll get into first and second chronicles. Now I love the book. I love the Bible. I love all the books of the Bible. But the ones that I'm most challenged with is Numbers and First and Second Chronicles. But anyway, First and Second Chronicles narrates David and Solomon's kinship as well as the selection of southern kings and Judah's judgment into exile. First and Second Chronicles is written for the people who returned from exile as a way to encourage them in their faith. They were spiritual heirs of David and Solomon, and God would not forget the promises that he made to David and to his people. And therefore, David and Solomon are portrayed in a uh, more positive light in these books, and only the southern kingdom, uh, Judah, is highlighted. The next two books, Ezra and Nehemiah. So these two books uh, should be seen as one volume. They actually narrate the return of the exiles from Babylon and the three uh, in three different groups. One is led by, and here we go with these names again, Jerubabel, who um, begins to rebuild the, I mean rebuild, I'm sorry, begins to rebuild the temple. Another is uh, led by Nehemiah, who builds the walls of Jerusalem. And then the third is led by Ezra, Ezra the scribe, who teaches God's people the law and reestablishes the worship of God and Israel's festivals. And then finally, in this section, is Esther. And so this occurs during the exile of Israel, and it retells the story of Queen Esther. She was a Jew who saved her people from an evil plot to destroy them. Then we get into the poetical books, or the books of wisdom. And so that starts out with Job. And so the book of Job actually traces the story of the character of Job. The setting of the story is a test of Job's faith by removing everything that is of value to him, removing his wealth, his family, and his health. So the bulk of the story is a conversation between Job and his three friends who argue about why Job is suffering and conclude that it is due to his sin and the sin that is in his life. So Job tries to defend his innocence before his friend. 
And Elihu enters the picture and suggests that Job, uh, that he needed to be more humble since God is not required to explain himself. Elihu, 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 he, he, he annoys me a little bit because he reminds me of so many people in the church today. But anyway, uh, God finally answers Job, but offers no explanation for his suffering. Instead, God humbles Job and seeks to remove any sense of self-righteousness in order that he may find his purpose in God. The book ends with God restoring everything that Job had lost. Isn't that something? God will strip you of everything to remove that self-righteousness. And then, guess what? He'll restore it all. (laughs) If he gave it, he can take it away and he can give it right back. All right, then we get into Psalms. Psalms is the more popular, popular book. And it's essentially a hymn book, a hymn book or or song book uh, for the um, Hebrew nation. It contains over 150 songs and prayers that focus on Israel's religious life. Uh, There are about 70 songs attributed to King David, uh, many of which detail Saul's vengeful pursuit of the would-be king. And so I, I even one time I, uh, you good? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I one time took a song and I said, I'm going to turn this into a song <laughs> because they're songs. And I feel like it's, it's almost like, you know, when people have a feast and they have all that food, then you get done with the feast and there'd be so much leftover. And people want to throw it away. And it's like, but you ain't even used it. In the church, I'd be like, y'all need to be using these songs. We just read it. We study it. We learn it. But we don't incorporate it into our worship of God, like our personal worship. So I wouldn't publish no songs, but I sure was going through it. It was, it was a, a good season of my Christian walk because I learned how to just sing them songs and just get into it and try to put myself in the space and the place of the writer. Like, they were actually singing this, mm-hmm. playing the harps and everything. But anyway, <laughs> all right, so there are three different types of psalms. So the first one is laments or praises. Royal psalms, where God's kingship is celebrated. There are thanksgiving psalms. Messianic psalms. And those are the Psalms, for example, like Psalm 22, that in the New Testament, the writers use to speak about Christ, about Jesus. One of the most beloved parts of the scripture is Psalm 23. And Psalm 119 celebrates the goodness of God's word. And it is the longest Psalm in the book. All right. Next, we got the book of Proverbs. We all heard of Proverbs. Proverbs is is, um, a bunch of short sayings that communicate moral truth and principle. The goal of the book of Proverbs is to communicate wisdom for godly living and wisdom that originates and comes from God. 
Wisdom is more precious than gold and only a fool is not interested in receiving this instruction. All right. So next we got the book of uh, Ecclesiastes. And the book of Ecclesiastes is, is attributed to Solomon. Most people believe that he was the one who wrote it. And he wrote it as a biography that examines the meaning of life. And one of the key uh, things that you'll find in Ecclesiastes is that one of the conclusions uh, that Solomon came up with is that all men's actions are essentially uh, transitory and meaningless. Therefore, one should enjoy life's simple pleasures, including uh, work, which is God's gift to humans. His final conclusion on life's meaning uh, is that the fear of God, to fear God and keep his commandments, but that is the whole duty of everyone. All right, and then uh, the Song of so uh, Solomon. And so the Song of Solomon, uh, maybe we'll get your daddy to teach that one. He mm -hmm. might like that one. Is a passionate love poem that presents the ideal of love that should exist between a man and a woman in marriage. The song celebrates intimacy, sexual desire, and marital love of a man and woman and a woman to man. In the same time, the song serves as a metaphor for the covenant love that exists between God and his people. Indeed, marriage is an appropriate picture that describes the relationship or our relationship that we have with God. So let me see, did I get the, yes, because I did the, the prophets. All right, so that takes care of the Old Testament. Uh-uh. Oh, let me, yeah, let me pause this. All right, so we just covered the Old Testament. So the Old Testament survey. So now we're going to go into the New Testament. All right, so the New Testament is actually divided into five sections. All right, so the first section is the Gospels. So that's Matthew through uh, John. Mm, excuse me. So we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then we've got uh, the history, which is the book of Acts. Then we've got the Pauline epistles, 
which is Romans through uh, uh, Philemon, Philemon. So we got Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, um, Titus, and Philemon. Then we've got the general epistles, which is Hebrews through Jude. So we got Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and then Jude. And then finally, we got the book of or the section of prophecy, which is the book of Revelation. All right, so like we learned last uh, week, the New Testament was written in approximately A.D. after death, 45, to approximately A.D. 95. The New Testament was written in Greek. And it gives us um, most of the scriptures that we know today, or most, most of the teachings that we know today, right? That kind of built the foundation of the church. All right, so the Gospels give us four different yet conflicting accounts of the birth. I'm sorry, four different yet not conflicting. <laughs> they don't conflict. As a matter of fact, you're going to see how similar they are when we start going through it chronologically. You're going to be like, oh man, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, they, they were kind of saying the same thing about the same thing. It's like now um, you here in Cincinnati, um, Chanel is in Detroit. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kayla is in Tennessee. And you all are watching something that's happening in history. And you all have a depiction of it. And you're writing it out. And everybody got the same story, but if you write it in one book uh, and they write it four books later and somebody else write it seven books later, you're going to be like, are they saying the same thing? But anyway, I don't even know why I diverged I get there. It. But <laughs> All right, so the gospel gives us four different yet not conflicting accounts of the birth, the life, the ministry, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospels demonstrate how Jesus was the promised Messiah of the Old Testament. And it lays the foundation for the teaching of the rest of the New Testament. The book of Acts records the deeds of Jesus, uh, of his disciples, and uh, the men Jesus sent out into the world to proclaim the gospel of salvation. Acts tells us of the beginning of the church and its rapid growth in the first century A.D. The Pauline uh, epistles written by the Apostle Paul are letters to specific churches giving official Christian doctrine and the practice that should be followed uh, by, that, by those doctrines, okay? The general epistles complement the Pauline epistles with additional teaching and application um, of the book of Revelations, prophecies, and events that occur in the end times.
right, so let's jump into the summary of each of these books. All right, so uh, the book of Matthew, all right, the book of Matthew will present the birth, the ministry, passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This gospel is characterized by uh, the high level of Old Testament citations, which uh, seek to prove that Jesus fulfills the long-awaited expectations of a Jewish Messiah. To this end, the initial sentence gives us a clue into the contents of the gospel. The genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, or the Christ, the son of Abraham, the son of David, in Matthew 1 and 1. In addition, the book um, is interlaced in five large teaching sections in order to present Jesus as a new Messiah. All right, so the Gospel of Luke, Luke, the next Bible, presents the birth, the ministry, passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it closely parallels the Gospel of Matthew and Mark. Luke makes sure to emphasize Jesus' Jewish roots in the initial chapters that take place in the temple in order for, uh, that Luke might present Jesus Christ as the Jewish Messiah for the Gentile world. It's also noteworthy to, to, uh, to know that the features of Luke is the emphasis he places on the poor, the marginalized, women, outcasts, and sinners as the special recipients of God's mercy. Then the historical books, which is the book of Acts. It narrates the beginning of the Christian church and the day of Pentecost. And the expansion of the church through the apostles, Peter in Jerusalem, Philip in Samaria, Paul in the Gentile world. And the last eight chapters deal with Paul's trials before Jewish leaders and Roman magistrates and Paul's voyage to Rome to stand trial before Caesar. All right, so Paul's epistles uh, to the church include the Ro uh, Romans. And so Romans is Paul's most elaborate definition of the gospel written in anticipation of his visit to the Roman church on his way to Spain. Paul summarizes that the Gentiles and the Jews cannot escape the judgment of sin, but that through Jesus Christ and his death, both are now justified by faith. Paul also provides a long response to why Israelites did not embrace their Jewish Messiah. 1 Corinthians is the next book. So that's Paul's first correspondence with the church in Corinth. And it deals with the division of multiple problems uh, that this church was. All right, so I'm going to start 1 Corinthians over because every time that alarm goes off, it knocks me off, and then I forget where I was. All right, so 1 Corinthians, um, 
Paul's, it's Paul's first correspondence with the church of Corinth. And it deals with the divisions and multiple problems that this church was experiencing at the time. Okay. So the members of the church were following after uh, particular leaders. And in addition, uh, they were involved in sexual immorality. They were taking their brothers and sisters to court. They were boasting about their wisdom and superior spiritual gifts and conducting themselves in a disorderly manner in uh, the worship services. Where'd they do that at? Mm-hmm. I would say the name of the church, but I ain't gonna say it because who knows who's gonna listen to this now or in the future. All right. So Paul re- responds with various answers, okay? So Jesus and his cross and God's uh, answer to the wisdom of the world. No other leader or philosophy uh, could provide that. Between, I mean, love between brothers and sisters should reign supreme in their relationship. And the church is a body with many members and all gifts are important. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and will be resurrected. Therefore, what you do to your body is important. Now, it's, it's funny because when we, when we read the Bible and when we do the study, I wish I could remember uh, what we said last year when we tried to start our study, how, how we need to break things down uh, when we think about the Bible, right? We have to think about it from a practical view, right? What is, what is God practically saying? What is the context of what they're saying in the Bible From a spiritual view, you know, how does this enhance my spiritual knowledge, my spiritual understanding, you know, and then, you know, from a um, uh, you know, historical view, you know, we, we have to kind of study that way. But when I think about how annoyed these people probably were making Paul, I'm grateful for their experiences because it gives us very clear instructions. Like they were going through it. They were living through it. They were learning as they go. But Paul was like, wait a minute. Love is the answer. And now we know this. Like we know it ain't no question. We don't have to live it. We know it because it's in the world. All right. Second Corinthians. Uh <clears throat> So in this second correspondence with the Corinthian uh, church, Paul defends the apostles against the false or uh, so-called super apostles who infiltrated the church. Well, we got that today, right? The, the What they call them, um, chief apostle, ed apostle, lead apostle, chief prophet, whatever. All right, so Paul's apostleship, unlike the false apostles, is characterized by God's power and not persuasive words. So he was he was the real deal. And um, he wanted them to know it. And he wanted them to know the difference because they were being manipulated and so easily influenced, okay? So by boasting in his weakness so that God and not man can be glorified and by suffering on behalf of the gospel, he showed God's power versus his own power. But those other false prophets, it was all about what they can do. All right. So in a separate section of his letter, Paul asked the Corinthians for a generous offering to help those who are experiencing hardship in Jerusalem, which was contrary to people asking for stuff for themselves. All right. 
All right, so Galatians, Galatians, the book of Galatians. This is most likely the first book written in the New Testament. Yay, we're going to study this. Um, shortly after Paul returned from his first missionary journey, which was around 50 AD, he received word that a Jewish Christian group had infiltrated the church in Galatia and was demanding that the Gentile brothers become Jews in order that they might be saved. Don't that get on your nerves when God tell you, I need you to plant a ministry here. I want you to go because they don't know me. They need a foundation laid. I need you to plant the ministry here. Then here come these Jewish Christians slash whatever wannabes coming and trying to infiltrate the church and stop what God told you to do so they can start doing it. And they ain't even doing what God said. All right, Paul wrote his strongest letter condemning the Jewish brothers and reprimanding the uh, Galatian church for so quickly abandoning the faith that Paul had planted in them. He said, oh, foolish Galatians, he calls the church, reminding them once again that no one is justified, made right with God by the works of the law, but rather by faith in Jesus Christ. I am loving the study of Galatians. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's powerful. All right, Ephesians is the next book. And so in his only correspondence with the church, he found it in Ephesus. Uh, Paul elaborates on the so-called mystery of God. This mystery is that before the foundation of the world, God would form the church from among the Jews and Gentiles through Christ's sacrifice on the cross. So Paul reminds the Ephesians that they have inherited many spiritual blessings as a result of being a part of the glorious church body. For this reason, they are to walk in a manner worthy of his holy calling, imitating God in his love. All right. So in the final chapter, Paul reminds the Ephesians that they are in a spiritual battle between good and evil and that they must put on God's full armor in order to have complete victory. Colossians, the next by, uh, book in the Bible. So in, in his letter to the Colossians, Paul is responding to Alright, so my alarm came on again. So now we gotta go back. Let's see. Where were we? We were at uh Colossians, right? So Colossians, uh, this is the letter of Colossians. Paul is responding to the heretic uh heretical um teachings that is making its rounds in the church. Okay, so this these teachings have Jewish mystical and eccentric uh tendencies, including a worship with angels, a keeping of festivals and a Jewish and Jewish holidays, a secret wisdom and a mortification of the body. Okay. So what Paul's response is to these falsehoods is that Jesus Christ is God's express image. He is the firstborn over creation and the resurrection. He is over all principalities and human wisdom, and he is the head of the church. All right, so Christ also fulfilled the law, and therefore there is no longer a need to keep Jewish feasts and holy days. So he was teaching them 
in Colossians. I can't wait till we get there because I'm telling you so many people and with that religious spirit, they get so religious. And then we were talking, was that me and you talking about, you know, those mystical things like those uh, crystals and, mm -hmm. and all of those things that people try to get the candles and all of that stuff. That stuff don't work, but he was he was admonishing them to turn from all of that stuff because it didn't work. All right, First Thessalonians. This is Paul's first correspondence to the church in Thessalonica. Uh, Thessalonica. That, that, Thessalonica expresses his pastoral concern for the church he planted in his second missionary journey. So Paul, from what we know, didn't have no kids. But these were like his babies, okay? So Paul expresses profound gratitude for the church's fruitfulness despite the persecution it was enduring at the time. Paul reminds the Thessalonians about his ministry among them and called them to holy living. So in chapters 4 and 5, Paul provides a sustained teaching of Christ's second coming as a way to comfort those uh, whose loved ones had passed away. He ends the letter by reminding the Thessalonians that no one knows when Christ will return. Thus, they must always remain alert. Second Thessalonians. Uh, this is the follow-up to Paul's first correspondence to the Thessalonian church. Apparently, the church was still confused about the Lord's second coming. Paul provides additional details regarding the timing of that event, the sign uh, perdition must come first and lead many into deception, okay? And encourages the members of the church not to be idle. So while you're waiting, just work. Make sure you're working while you're waiting. And, and remember that many will be led astray. So you got to look out for them, all right? And then um, First Peter uh, this is the Apostle Peter's first epistle written to the Jews uh, and the Jewish Christian community after um, that were living in Asia. Okay, it's, um, it's a letter of encouragement and exhortation uh, for the Christian and how they live their lives. And because many of them at that time were the oppressed minority within the Roman uh, Empire. So Peter uses various terms to describe the church's suffering throughout the epistle, and he identifies with the suffering of the church, but he tries to encourage them. All right. So we got to, what was that? First, First Peter. First Peter. And now my um, my phone is trying to go out. All right, First Peter.
That's because I skipped. Hold on. When I when I just skipped, where did I stop before my phone went off? Um. Did I Galatians, talk about? Then we did first Thessalonians. Thessalonians. I said Galatians. Did I skip Acts? Yeah. Okay, so Acts is the history of the labor of the apostles and the foundation of the Christian church. Romans, I think we talked Romans, but... Um, no, you did Acts. Uh, Acts okay. before First Corinthians. Okay, and then I did Galatians because I know I was excited to talk about Galatians. Did I say Philippians? Um, I don't see Philippians. What, Ephesians, what comes after Ephesians? Philippians. Yep, then you did do Philippians. All right, Colossians. We'll just, I just have to go back because for whatever reason, I'm, I'm confused. No, I think you did. I, I got Ephesians and Colossians, but there's one in between it. Uh, did, I did Thessalonians. Uh, yeah, you did Thessalonians. And then Paul, uh, Timothy, where Paul instructs Timothy in his duty as a pastor and encourages him to work, uh, no, encourages him in the work of the ministry. And then uh, Titus is where um, Paul encourages Titus in the performance of his ministerial duties. Philemon is an appeal to a converted master to receive a converted escaped slave with kindness. Hebrews is when Paul maintains that Christ is the substance of the ceremonial law. Uh, James is a treatise of efficacy of faith united with good works. And I know we talked first and second Peter about the exhortation of the Christian life. St. John Respecting the person of the Lord and the exhortation of the Christian love and conduct. And then it warns of a, the second, second, uh, John warns of a converted lady against false teaching. Third John is the letter of Gaius praising him for his hospitality. And then Jude warns against deceivers. And then Galatians, I mean, I'm sorry, Revelation. It tells of the future of the church, the book of prophecies. So that concludes our overview of the Bible. Yay! It gives us the full summary of each of the books. And so next week, we are going to jump into our study. And we're going to have a good time. All right, let's see what the... Take a look at this, because like I said, I just got this book today. You looking for readings for next week? Yeah. Okay, perfect. We can tell what we got to... Or actually, this week, we're to study next week. Throughout this coming week. You know what would be helpful if I just go to the um, 33. If I just go to the 
table of content. I'm like, uh, where is it gonna tell me? Oh, and we need some um little post-its. Oh right, the um what you call them bookmarks. I'm actually just going to have to read through this, Mary, because the way I just read that, that's not making sense. I think I'm skipping. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. So it does the Bible as the foundation. And so that's why it's going to get into the New Testament. So that makes sense. And then once we get into... um. The eras, that's where we're going to start reading from generation. I mean, generation. Genesis to to Revelation. Okay. All right. So, it looks like... It looks like we're going to be in a New Testament. But I'm just looking through these scriptures. It kind of looked like we're going to be in the book of Matthew and Romans. As we kind of lay the foundation. Mm. So... Uh, I I better read through this <laughs> so I know how to, to how to teach it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna read through it, and if I have time before next week, I'll add the you know what you need to read. But if not, I'll just tell you once I go through it. Yeah, cause I I see what they're doing. They're gonna take you through kind of like the um. The verses, and then we'll we'll go through each of them and talk through them. Um, but I need to read through this. All right, all right. So that was good. That you gonna was pray great. us out? Okay. Yes. Thank you, Lord, so much for blessing us with such a great teacher, such a great leader, such a great pastor. Thank you so much for just allowing us to hear your word and to study your word in depth. Thank you so much for just giving us this information and allowing us to receive it and knowing that it is your true word and what we need to live by and stick to. Please continue to open our eyes and let us follow you. Give us discernment so that we know that it is you speaking to us, Lord, and just continue to walk with us on this journey as we continue this Bible study. Thank you for just giving us this excitement and just giving us this energy and just blessing us with this Bible study. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. We'll see you all back on next Thursday evening at 7 p.m. promptly. We'll be here same place, same time. Love you all. Bye-bye.